broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA, uniting sports fans everywhere. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. People want the authenticity, right? They want to know a little bit more. They don't want just the cliches. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Uh, I'm thankful that God has delivered me and he's given me a mouthpiece to be able to, a platform as well to be able to share with different people. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. When you're around somebody that has that joy and you can feel it and it's contagious. Um, Every day I ask, you know, what does God have in store for me and how does he want to utilize me in this position that I hold. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. We have got an awesome show for you today as we broadcast nationwide on Sports Byline USA. We're wrapping up our first month on the network, and it's been a blast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, always love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Today on the show, we'll be joined by Dr. Ed Uzinski. He's got a PhD in American Culture Studies and is the executive editor and senior writer for athletesinaction.org. He'll tell us all about his experience at the Browns game uh, where they, they won and beat the Jets. And we're going to kind of look at Baker Mayfield and, and take kind of a, a deeper approach to who he is and, and what he represents at the quarterback position in Cleveland. And we're also going to take a look at some of the, the, the stories this week in sports that involve players asking to be traded, asking to be released, and transferring, and how those relate together. We're also going to be joined today by Ronaldo Wynn. He's a former NFL defensive end. We'll get his thoughts on the NFL and what's going on there we'll also uh, do our segment unpack this about tiger woods and coming up next we'll do our segment i'm convinced where i'll share some thoughts about the rams the lions and quarterbacks flopping check out our website unpackingit.com we'll be back right here on unpacking it on sports byline usa More sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our daily email where we take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. Also, we have a fantasy football playbook available, uh, and you can find that at unpackingit.com. Well, right now, we're going to do a segment called I'm Convinced, where I take a look at the sports world and the stories from the week and let you know what I'm convinced of. So, Let's start with what happened on Thursday night because I'm convinced Todd Gurley is right when he says we can't be beat right now. <laughs> the, the, the L.A. Rams 
are on a roll. They're they're just lighting it up offensively. Defensively, they're doing enough. But offensively, it is ridiculous what Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and the rest of the weapons are doing. They've got the right balance. They've got the right combination of young players and veteran players. They have the right combination of older coaches like Wade Phillips and then young guys like Sean McVay. It is amazing what the Rams have been able to do to to put this team together and, and then also to start the year the way that they have. That was a convincing win on Thursday night. And, and the Vikings, to me, are still a good team. And so the, the fact that the Rams were able to get the win, I actually, I, going in, I thought the Vikings would win that one coming off the loss that they had against Buffalo. I thought they needed that one and, and that they would kind of get over the hump there. But the, the Rams made the, the defensive plays toward the end, and they've got those guys up front with, with Donald and Sue. And, and so they're just so strong. But, but I'm convinced that they're going to have just an incredible regular season, but I'm, I'm still convinced that they won't win the Super Bowl. Because I think too often when you look back over the years, the team that, that starts off the best or the hottest or, or also the team that, that maybe even has the most weapons, they're not the teams that normally win the Super Bowl. Because even when you think back to the Patriots, when they had their best season, when they were undefeated, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Because they, you know, they lost to the Giants. And so I think we've seen that over the years where even in the regular season, you're like, oh, this team can't be beat. They get the number one seed. And then they, they kind of fall off or they, they fizzle toward the end of the year. That's my opinion. That's, where I, that's what I'm convinced is going to happen to the Rams. But in the meantime, yeah, they, they can't be beat. They can't be beat right now. They're on a roll. And as long as Todd Gurley is healthy, they, he's, to me, the one that really makes that team go because he just opens everything up for them. Goff is great, but Todd Gurley is even better, and he allows Goff to be great. And so I, I do have to admit, though, that, that I'm convinced I was wrong about the, the concept that multiple wide receivers wouldn't be able to put up big numbers in fantasy football. Uh, that was way off because Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup are all lighting it up, putting up huge numbers, and, and helping fantasy teams. I just can't believe that three wide receivers on one team can, can do that. And, but they're, they're proven uh, they're, they're capable of that because Goff is, is throwing it all over the field. All right, number two, the Eagles, Titans, Bengals, Bucks, Jags, Ravens, and Broncos are all two and one. But I'm convinced the only team on that list we can trust is the Eagles mainly because of the quarterback situation. Because with the Titans, can we trust Marcus Mariota? The Bengals, can we trust Andy Dalton? The Bucks, depending on which quarterback they use each week and, and moving forward, can, can Jameis Winston kind of get back in the swing of things and, and take over that offense? Or, or are they going to really rely on, on Ryan Fitzpatrick? And then with Jacksonville and, and Blake Bortles, it's hit or miss. You don't know how he's going to play week to week. And then the Baltimore Ravens, Joe Flacco, it just doesn't seem like he's really going to be their future. And, and they're kinda, they kind of got one foot out, out the door with him. So I just don't trust the Ravens. And then the Broncos with, with Case Keenum, I, I like Keenum. I, I think he can be the guy there. But, but to me, they're just not as, as reliable as, as I would like them to be, considering the weapons that they have. Because I like Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, and I think they have a couple nice running backs with, with Lindsey. 
uh, and Royce Freeman. And so I, I think the Broncos will be competitive, but I just don't trust them. And I don't know what to make of them. And so the only team, even though Carson Wentz is trying to come back from an injury that, that we can be confident in, it's the Eagles. They're the ones we can trust. And they, they didn't look great against the Colts, but they looked good enough. And you can see the glimpses that, that Wentz will get back. He'll get into a rhythm again. And this team is going to be dangerous the rest of the way. Will they repeat as Super Bowl champions? Eh, that's going to be tough. But, but I think they'll, they'll win their division and, and be right there in the end in the NFC. And so those other teams, they're enjoying some early season success. The, the Bucks, the Jags, you know, even the Titans, surprisingly, they're all 2-1. and one. I just don't know if I buy into them. I'm convinced, number three, the emphasis on player safety and calling reasonable roughing the passer penalties is good for the league overall because we have to have the starting quarterbacks out there, and so we want to protect them. It makes sense. They're, they're what makes the league go. And so you want to have those reliable quarterbacks out there and healthy. Those are the teams we want to watch. However, this idea that quarterbacks are flopping or refs are calling penalties inconsistently that don't make sense, and it's the, the Clay Matthews type of calls, I'm convinced that that will ruin the game. And so they have to clean this up. And, and Ravens defensive coordinator Don Martindale, he said this, let's not turn this into the NBA flop fest because now the quarterbacks are making a mockery of it to the officials and the league. Now you're insulting the officials and the league if you do that. And so I'm convinced he's right. We can't see quarterbacks flopping. It, it's just, it's not a good look. And, and I was listening to, to Troy Aikman this week, and he was talking about how, how quarterbacks, they, they want to be known as tough. And I was also listening to Steve Young, and, and he was saying <laughs> that, I don't know if I believe him, but, but he would actually, he would pick up some of those flags and, and decline the penalty if he was being tackled the, the way that, that some of these uh, quarterbacks have been tackled, yet called for the roughing the passer. And so we just don't want that. I don't think the quarterbacks truly want it or the fans truly want it. And we see the flopping take place all the time. You, you sell a call because ultimately it does help your team, whether it's the punter or the kicker or the quarterback or a wide receiver, you know, whatever the penalty is related to that position, you try to sell it so that you can pick up extra yards. But we don't want to see that. We don't want to see quarterbacks just falling and flailing and, and trying to, 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 to convince the refs that they were hit in such a dramatic way when the other night Ben Roethlisberger got tapped a little bit on his head because a, a defensive player is trying to make a play and then he falls to the ground like, like he was hit by a, a truck. And so we just can't have that. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Don Martindale when, when he talks, compares it to the NBA because we've seen this in the NBA and it's not, it's not good either because we want to see a little bit more physical play in the NBA and you can't have guys you know, drive in the lane and, and every defender is, is falling to the ground. Like, like, again, they've been hit by a truck and, and it's part of the game. We, we got to see some of the contact. And, and again, we want player safety and protection, but let's not take it too far. All right, last one. Now that the Lions got their first win under Matt Patricia against the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, I'm convinced the team is bought in and they will compete for a playoff spot because early on I was worried. I was thinking, uh Oh, Matt Patricia is going to lose this locker room. They got off to a bad start. The, the, the players were talking about some of the changes that he made and, and not really buying in. But when you win the way they did the other night 
And I am all in on carry on Johnson as the running back for the Lions and being a workhorse running back. And, and that's fine. You can put in LeGarrette Blunt and Theo Riddick in, in certain spots. But carry on Johnson, finally, a 100-yard rusher for the Lions is the real deal. And, and I think the Lions are going to turn the corner. I think, I think the players can kind of see, all right, Matt Patricia, maybe we were hesitant at first. He's on to something here. Because it's nice to beat the, the Patriots, even if it is in September and the Patriots always seem to lose in September, still mentally and, and kind of just wanting to, to get the buy-in, I think it's there. I really do. So that's what I'm convinced of this week. We've got two awesome interviews coming up with Dr. Ed Yuzinski and Ronaldo Wynn right here on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. More sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks for being with us today on Unpacking It as we unpack sports, faith, and life. Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. Joining us right now is Ronaldo Wynn. He played 13 years in the NFL with the Redskins, Jaguars, Giants, and Saints as a defensive end. He played his college football at Notre Dame and was a first-round draft pick by Jacksonville in 1997. He now works with Joe Gibbs Racing and the ministry Game Plan for Life. I'm thrilled to welcome back my friend and one of our favorite guests, Ronaldo, how are you? Hey, my brother. It's always good to be on, Bryce. Thank you. All right, man. We're glad to have you back. And and so we're we're three weeks into the NFL season. So so what's been most intriguing to you so far? Well, first of all, our guys in Cleveland got off the snide there after a long drought of uh, no wins. And uh, <laughs> it was great to see, of course, with the uh, kind of Cinderella story a lot earlier than we all thought, and uh, Baker Mayfield, what a winner he is. And, man, I think everybody, <laughs> and you can hear the fans in the stadium respond in terms of just the uh, feedback for uh, Baker Mayfield when he got inserted into the game. And he, 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 he did what, he, what he's always done. And, of course, college is different from the pros, but uh, it seemed like it didn't make a difference. And uh, uh, the guy brought a win to uh, Cleveland and a lot of fans. I had a chance to talk to a, f- a few Cleveland fans. Nice. And, 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 and the one thing they're saying is, is that it almost felt, if not almost better than the Cleveland Cavs winning the championship. No, stop it. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, did you see the fans in the stands crying? And I mean, it was, it was one game, but for them, that one game was huge. Uh, and of course, you know, the way it happened. So I think that was the, the biggest you know, I, I would say intriguing story. Yeah. On the negative note, you know, you, you had you had the guy to, uh, you know, kind of quit at halftime. Uh, yeah. What do you think of that? Ago. Vontae Davis. Vontae Davis, man, a veteran guy who's been a, a staple on multiple teams, of course. Um, and, you know, for him to just walk away, you know, at halftime, I, I mean, I, I get, you know, you, maybe you don't have the love for the game and you don't want to cheat your teammates, but you're in the middle of battle. You know what I mean? you you on the battlefield. Uh, and, 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 man, what that does for, 
you know, the morale of a team. And, and I'm so glad, actually, that Buffalo, they came back. And I'm yeah. talking about they came back hard. Big time. You know, and, and, and got a big win when everybody probably thought that they were done. Uh, so it was good for them to respond the way they did. I, I wish they probably could have even won the game uh, after Vontae Davis quit because that's really what he did. I mean, he quit on his teammates. And uh, even just for him, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to um, to step in any football arena um, just because, you know, guys are, are so um, adamant about never giving up, never, you know, letting your teammates down and not being selfish. It's no me or I and team. Uh, and so I was great. I was so happy to see them beat the Vikes 27-6 last week. That's right. So I think those were the two, the two most intriguing uh, stories, of course. You know, the uh, Buffalo Bills kind of coming back with a big win after that situation. And then, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns. How about you? Yeah, well, no. So I actually went the opposite direction with that Vontae Davis story because in, in, in life, I just think there are moments where you just have to know when it's time to go. And and even when you sometimes it's hard to, to give that news to other people, but, you know, in your heart that it's what you have to do. And so that was kind of my perspective on Davis. But I thought to your in the middle of the game, well, in the middle of the game, guys. Well, I didn't think he should have left. That was where the big mistake came, I thought, because he just kind of he just disappeared. Whereas maybe if he said, hey, guys, I just can't play in the second half. I, I got nothing left. I got nothing left okay. to give. I can't go back out there. I think that would have been received a little bit differently. Don't you? But just the fact that he left the stadium, nobody knew where he was or really he just kind of mentioned, oh. hey, I'm out of here. And so there's just kind of some confusion there. But, right, right. I get it. But, but I, I looked at it from a bigger kind of perspective, I guess. I well, can see that. Well, no, I understand what you're saying as, as a guy that's been in the locker room and as a teammate. I, I totally get that for sure. Um, but that was a yeah. that was a big story. There, there's no question. So we'll see how how Buffalo uh, if they're able to keep things going, and they've got a young quarterback, and uh, we'll see how how he plays uh, moving forward. We're, we're talking with Ronaldo Win here on Unpacking It. He played 13 years in the NFL, and and of course as a defensive end, what did you do? You, you sacked the quarterback, you rushed the quarterback, and so the first couple of weeks in the season, there have been 34 roughing the passer penalties. Everybody's talking about the direction the NFL's going. Clay Matthews, a couple kind of marquee plays that have gone against him. So what's your what's your opinion as a as a defensive guy with what's going on? It's out of control. And I'm not talking <laughs> about out of control in terms of guys that are uh are hitting the quarterback. I'm talking about uh calling the game. Uh, and that clearly is coming from up top. Uh and they got to get it together. Or we're going to lose more fans. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, a perfect, you know, uh, football clinic type tackle. You couldn't have tackled any better than what Clay Matthews, you know, did in that one call. And I'm thinking like, what in the world, how, how, how much better could you be? Uh, I mean, it was a clinic type tackle. It's what you would use as a coach to show other guys how to tackle efficiently and appropriately. And here's a play that was called, and it made no sense at all. Uh, it really doesn't. And so, you know, this is something that can be a big issue. Uh, I get safety. I'm all about it, protecting the quarterback, protecting other guys, you know, especially defenseless receivers mm. with those violent hits. But what do you do when guys are, you know, tackling 
You know, I mean, the court when he came to tackle the quarterback, I mean, the guy just threw the football. I mean, he had just released it and he got called and penalized. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot more of those type of plays. Uh, and it's only week four we're going into. <laughs> so, <laughs> what you just said, how many? How many? The Thirty-four penalties? rough in the passer penalties. Oh my gosh, thirty-four. Yeah. That is ridiculous. So hopefully this is kind of getting their attention because guys like us are talking about it uh, and more people will talk about it so they can do something about it. And, and really, you know, of course, want to make it safe, but don't take away from guys playing hard because as a defensive guy, you, you can't play, you know, what guys have been telling us to do, play hard, go all out. You don't mean finish the play. Mm. You you can't even finish the play because you don't want to get tagged for hurting your team uh, by finishing the play. So it, yeah, it's. Yeah, I think that, it's. Uh, that's a good go point because well yeah hold like when they when they the idea that you have to hold up like you go full speed and then you kind of got to pull back to where your weight doesn't right. go on a quarterback that's hard to right. do that doesn't that doesn't really yeah. make sense especially when you got especially when you got a guy like a Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, who, yeah. you know, such a big, burly guy, you got to finish the guy because if you don't, he's still throwing a, a completion when you got him wrapped up. I tackled Big Ben multiple times when I thought that he still had the football and <laughs> finished him, and all of a sudden I thought I had a sack, and the dude is running down the field, you know, with a catch. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, you look at multiple times in, in the past times when a guy would let up and then the quarterback finishes the play and – you know what I mean? And he's the defensive guy is getting ridiculed by everyone in the stadium along with the coaches and the announcers. But that's the reason, because he's afraid that I may get called for a penalty or something. If I try to finish the quarterback or take him down on the ground, yeah, it's, 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 it's a problem. It's challenging. There's no question. We'll see how it kind of adjusts uh, throughout the rest of the season. Ronaldo Wynn, yep. we, we've got about two minutes left, and, and so we love talking football with you, but, but always like to hear kind of what's going on with you personally. And so how, how has God been, been working in your life lately? What, what's kind of been on your, your heart recently? Yeah, so I'll, as of lately, I've been really um, working with uh, a lot of our uh, uh, inmates uh, in terms of just uh, helping them with their game plan. Uh, and we have a program that are that's for lifers. I, I call it Game Plan for Lifers, uh, guys that will not see the light of day outside the four walls of the prison, but uh, has been given a uh, second chance and a purpose to be able to be equipped with a seminary degree. We just had our second class, uh, who uh, they these guys have been uh, accepted into the program out of about 300 plus applicants wow. uh, throughout the state of North Carolina. You can only pick 30. I think it's harder to get in our program than it is to probably to get in Yale or something, wow. but uh, only 30 could be uh, accepted each year. And so we just accepted the second class freshmen now. And, uh, and now the freshmen from last year are now sophomores. Of course, when they become seniors and graduate, they then be la- they're launched out throughout the 56 prisons uh, in the state of North Carolina, and these guys would be the guys that would change our prisons from the inside out, break this horrible cycle of recidivism, and, of course, impacting guys as they're coming back into our communities because we want to be able to uh, decrease uh, victims. Uh, we want to lessen the victimizers of violent crimes. So uh, what a blessing to be a part of uh, some, a movement across the country, and we're just trying to do our part, Bryce. It's awesome. So, so this is Ronaldo Wynn. He works for Game Plan for Life. You got to check out GamePlanForLife.com. 
and the work that they're doing. It's awesome. Impacting inmates that, that are learning the Bible. They're learning theology. They're learning how to be pastors to the other inmates. And so it's just an incredible concept and, and great work. And so, Ronaldo, we always love catching up with you and, and love talking a little football, but, but are encouraged by everything you're doing ministry-wise and excited to be a part of uh, the, the outreach breakfast uh, that you do as well around the country for, for men, uh, businessmen, especially in cities. Yep. And, and so we'll be a part of that one in Charlotte uh, coming up on October 30th. So uh, keep up the great work, Ronaldo, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up again Thank soon. You. All right. Sounds great, man. Thank you for having me on anytime. Absolutely. There's Ronaldo Wynn joining us here on Unpacking It. Up next, we'll be joined by Dr. Ed Uzinski. We'll talk some more football with him. We're Unpacking It on Sports Byline USA. The place to hear athletes opening up about their true passions in life. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Fantasy football is the best. You compete with your friends and family all season long, and when you win, it's so exciting. I have won two rings myself, and as fun as fantasy football already is, what if we played with more purpose and meaning? Well, at Fantasy Football Fellowship, we created a way for you to have league meetings throughout the season to discuss how fantasy relates to our lives and the Bible. Each week, we have content, topics, and questions that allow fantasy owners to connect intentionally with each other and to God. We'll help your league have conversations about fantasy, faith, and life as you go from the draft to the championship. Play fantasy football and change your lives. Sign your league up today at fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Going beyond the field, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. We're going to keep things moving here on Unpacking It as we bring on our next guest, Ed Uzinski, to unpack sports, faith, and life. Ed has a Ph.D. in American Culture Studies and has been working with college and professional athletes in various roles with Athletes in Action since 1992. Currently, he serves as executive editor and senior writer for athletesinaction.org while also speaking nationally to college students, churches, and men's groups. He's been one of our regular guests, our favorite guests over the years, and we're glad to have Ed back on the show today. Ed, thanks for being with us. How are you? Good, Bryce. Yeah, it's good to be back with you, man. It's been a while since we've been able to pull one of these off, so I'm, I'm glad to get after it with you again. Absolutely. Well, there, there's always plenty to talk about, and, and so we're going to kind of focus on two things today. But, but I want to start with the Cleveland Browns because they've been one of these intriguing teams even before the season. And, of course, they had the, the number one draft pick with, with Baker Mayfield. And you were actually at last week's game where Mayfield made his debut led them to victory the, the first time in a long time. So, so what was that experience like? I was there, and, and uh, you know, a little bit of the backstory for me is that I'm from Cleveland. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I get to go up there every once in a while. I try to make my way up there with my son. My oldest son is a senior in high school, and so we picked this game. It was going to be the only one that worked. 
And, uh, man, Bryce, it, it was, uh, it was the most fun I've ever had at a game with my son. Really? I mean, it, it was, it was, yeah, well, it was, you know, it, it's, you know, we're a week past it now, but everybody heard it was just an electric environment. They haven't won in forever, which is sort of amazing. You would just, it, it, it's hard to believe that an environment could be as lit up as it was considering they hadn't won. And what was it like 600 some days? Oh yeah. Uh, but there was just such great anticipation and it wound up being a little bit like a Disney movie. I mean, <laughs> it just was getting worse and worse as the first half went on and everybody was just anticipating, could, could we unwrap the first round gift? You know, that's what people were saying up in the crowd. And of course it wasn't a Disney movie for Tarot Taylor and, 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 you know, people around him, but he got hurt and that opened up the door for Mayfield to come in and, and you could just, like palpably feel something in the stadium different. It's so interesting because, you know, not not every player can create that kind of an aura in a stadium. You know, it's Mm. it's just not true for everybody. And this kid can already do that. Absolutely. So I I was watching on TV and I was captivated once he came in and and everything just seemed to to lift. And it just, like you said, it was totally different. So, what is it about a player like Mayfield, and and, and what do you think uh, just about the, this concept of the it factor, and and just how certain people, certain personalities have this this captivating quality to them, and and, and oftentimes we you know we just see this in sports, and and they're just it's a it's a rare quality, but you you know it when you see it. So so just from from your perspective, what what, what do you make of that? Yeah, and I thought about that afterwards because you really could feel something different. You could see it on the sidelines, uh, on the Brown sideline. You could see there's sort of an excitement. Everybody rose up. There were guys standing on the bench looking out at the field, and 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 the defense played better, and suddenly people were getting tackled on special teams. And so it made me think about that, that, that very question. In fact, I even wondered how does that uh, translate into off-the-field situations? Like, what does it take to be the kind of person that walks into an environment or in with a group of people and makes everybody better? Mm. And so some of the things I thought to myself, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, there's a confidence. There's a certain kind of confidence that comes with a person like that. And there's a confidence because not only are they prepared, but they've been successful before they, they've got a, a clear sense of their purpose and, and just this, this sense of, uh, of of purpose that I'm the one that's going to be able to help this situation. I can, I can make this happen here. And if y'all want to come with me, you can, if you don't, that's fine, but I'm going to step into this moment and we're going to get something done here. And that's just really attractive. I think to people when, when somebody's like that, and again, there's a thin line between that and being cocky or oh, yeah. becoming a bully or all becoming the kind of person that becomes very unattractive. If they become a tyrant in that, um, but as long as it stays on the side of I'm, I'm here to serve and I'm here to help and I'm here to make everybody else better, come follow me. Uh, there's just something very attractive about a person, whether that's out on a football field or in an office, that's office right. space, you know? It, it's cool. And, and for him, he just has the, the winning mentality, and, and it's so tough to, to go into an environment like Cleveland where the mentality is losing. Like even, even you as a fan, as you're sitting there in the crowd, what did you think in the first half? Well, we're going to lose today and, and because things start oh, unraveling yeah. and, and, and the, the, the negative momentum starts to pick up. 
But then there are certain people where they just don't allow that to, to happen, and they do they do whatever they can to to yeah. kind of turn yep. the tide. And that's what I I see with Mayfield is he's come in there. He he was the number one draft pick. He he he's used to winning. He did it at Oklahoma, won the Heisman, and that's his mentality. And he's not concerned with the history of Cleveland. He's fine living up no. to the pressure. He's embracing the, the this concept that you know the, the whole city and and all the fans are relying on him to to such a major degree. He just hey let's go. Whereas not every rookie, especially, but even every quarterback can handle that type of thing because we see we see it every year where there are a, a couple of the quarterbacks that come in with a lot of hype and, and they just can't handle it and, and they fizzle out of the league. Yeah. The culture just swallows them up, you know. Um, it, it's funny, even as I sat there and there was like 30 seconds left or something and I turned to guys and said, like, this is where they find a way to lose. They haven't given up a big play the entire game and now someone's going to fall down and, and the Jets are going to get an 80-yard touchdown or something like that's that's what happens. It's, that's insightful what you're saying, right? So like when the culture starts to become to lose, you find ways to lose. You will <laughs> yourself to lose. And, and it's contagious with everybody. The beautiful thing is all it takes is one person that can step into that. And of course, you got to have some other talent around too. I mean, it's not like he can, uh, you know, pull water from a rock, but <laughs> there's some other talent there. And, and one person though can step into that and say, it's time to win. We're going to will ourselves to a win. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's not magic. It's based on preparation. Mm-hmm. It's based on taking care of your business ahead of time, refining your skill and your craft. Um, you know, it just doesn't happen out of thin air. But that type of person can go in there and say, I'm ready, and I'm ready to take you with me. That's right. So it's beautiful when it works out. It is. It's going to be fascinating to, to watch the Browns and, and watch Mayfield continue to develop. We're talking with Ed Yazinski right now on Unpacking It. He works with Athletes in Action. He's their executive editor and senior writer for athletesinaction.org. He's got a Ph.D. in culture studies and, and always love having him on the show. And, and so when, when we look at this, this concept of a, of a player being contagious and, and a great leader – how does this translate to kind of the, looking through the lens of faith and, and, and as you kind of think of some of those qualities, how, how can we be encouraged if, if we want to follow Jesus, if we want to live out our faith and, and you know, be attractive to other people, how, do, how does some of that translate? You know, I don't know why it is that God creates some people with a certain personality, like what we're talking about with Mayfield, as far as I know, and others like him. It's, it's a personality thing. It's a it's an aura that's just sort of built into how they were created. But I, I do think, I do think there's a parallel to, to people of faith that when you know the Lord, like really know him and, and you walk with him and you know his word and, and you know yourself, you kind of know what you are and know what you aren't. You understand your place in relationship to other people. Uh, you have no fear of the future, um, even though you don't know all the details of it, you know whose hands you're in. You know you're forgiven for your past. I mean, when you're really free like that mm. because of all those things, that becomes a very attractive person. And I know those kind of people when I'm around them too. And they just somebody that walks that closely with the Lord and is that secure in themselves and more to the point, secure in Him. Mm. Um Man, that that's a very followable person. You you know you're in the presence of somebody that you can trust, and 
and that is there more for you than they are for themselves and um, has both feet planted firmly on the ground instead of firmly in the air, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's just a very attractive thing to be around. It's kind of, kind of person I want to be. It's the kind of person I think we should aspire to be. I I don't think that there's just certain special people that can become that way. I think it's called walking with God. That's right. (laughs) You know, it's it's a day by day walk with Jesus, like for real produces that kind of fruit and that kind of an aura in a person's life. Definitely. As they mature. No, it's a, it's a cool kind of, yeah, illustration and and two separate kind of topics as far as the, the type of quarterback or, or leader on the football field and and not everybody can be that but what you're describing as a as a true follower of Jesus that that is something that that is attainable and that we can strive for and grow toward uh and so that that is encouraging yeah. to hear today the the one other topic we we want to get to and uh we've only got a couple minutes to uh to get to this but but three stories stood out to me this week and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I think there's an underlying similarity with, with the, the Titans wide receiver, Rashard Matthews, how, how he asked for a release and, and the Titans let him go. Then you've got Jimmy Butler demanding to be traded away from the T-Wolves. And then you've got quarterback Kelly Bryant transferring from Clemson after he w- was benched and is no longer the starter uh, for the Tigers. Then, uh, so when you look at all three of these, on one end, I- I'm fine with players having freedom and, and having the, the, the right to play where they want to play. Yep. But there, there are also these, these stories that, that kind of make you raise the question about commitment, loyalty, just always looking out for, for what's best individually. So, so what is your, your perspective on, on this when, when you kind of factor in society and, and even faith? Yeah, well, you know what, Bryce, I'm, I am concerned about, I'm concerned about the message that just kind of hangs over all of us these days individually, I don't blame anybody for seeking what they think is best for them. And, you know, we always hear guys say, I got to do what's best for me and my family. I I get that in principle, but I think what's happening and I see this at the youth levels in particular. So I think this is something for parents to talk about that as soon as the way gets a little difficult, as soon as I bump into, I'm not getting the playing time that I thought I was going to get. As soon as I'm in a, a situation where I don't like the way the coach talks to me, or I just don't like the circumstances. We allow, we allow ourselves to take the easy way out to quit, mm. to just go and serve myself as though that's the highest ideal. And I'm just concerned about what what happens when we all start to operate that way as a society. I don't think is a good result for mm-hmm. us as a nation and as a people, but even just for us as individuals. I don't think the long-term result of always just seeking what's best for me lends itself to human flourishing, yeah. <laughs> whether in sports or in other areas of life, whether it comes to family or you know work relationships. When I'm just going to quit every time it gets a little bit hard, uh, man, that's just that's not the way of the cross. No, no. And, so there's so there, many other things to talk about with that, but that's my biggest concern. Yeah, because there's value in suffering, but about all too often we run from that little too quickly without embracing some of that. And and I'm not going to say these three guys are all making bad decisions, but it just makes no. you kind of kind of wonder at the the larger picture and, and where this leads us. So. Ed, really appreciate you joining us today. It was a quick segment, but, but great to get some of your insight. Encourage everyone to check out athletesinaction.org to find more uh, from Ed Yazinski. Uh, but really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Bryce. I look forward to doing it again.
All right. Sounds great. Up next, we're going to do our segment, Unpack This, about Tiger Woods. We're unpacking it with Bryce Johnson right here on Sports Byline USA. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. And so let's jump right in. Tiger Woods will never win again. Tiger will never be able to dominate the field again. Tiger will never be healthy. Tiger will never get his swing back. Those were the thoughts and opinions of many fans and analysts over the last five years as Tiger struggled with back surgeries, off-the-course issues, and poor performances during tournaments. Last Sunday, the story changed as Tiger won his 80th PGA Tour event and his first win since 2013. Tiger only played in three tournaments in the previous two years, and when 2018 began, he was ranked 656th in the world. He's gone on to have an incredible comeback year, finishing in the top 10 six different times, competing in majors, and then winning the Tour Championship. Tiger could have easily given up on himself years ago, as most people did, but he's proven the nevers don't stop him. They only motivate him to keep persevering. Every one of us has nevers that come from within or from the critics in our lives. Thoughts such as, I'll never get a good job, I'll never break my habit, I'll never change, I'll never be good enough, or I'll never get through this difficulty. When we allow ourselves to believe these types of nevers, we're not operating with faith and hope. We're focused on our current circumstances and our limited understanding instead of focusing on God's truth, power, and faithfulness. So how do we combat the negative thinking in our lives and the times we feel discouraged by our nevers? Scripture enables us to replace them with encouraging and uplifting nevers that strengthen us to persevere by saying the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. God never lies. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Today, let's allow these biblical nevers to enhance our journey as we rely on him, knowing we can always overcome the nevers that try to defeat us. I hope you're willing to unpack that Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA.